Good morning. You are listening to the WIS Waseca Intermediate School podcast, where we are interviewing and talking about different artists once a week. Welcome and have fun listening. Today, I'm going to sit down and talk to a fellow artist of mine, a good friend of mine, uh, Ryan Kaplan. He's a graphic artist in California, and we're going to talk a little bit about how he got there, what he looks for in the art, what art is like out in California, and just a little bit about uh, graphic design itself. So with that, uh, here's Ryan. Here we are, episode one, uh, with my buddy Ryan Kaplan, and we're going to try to do a little conversation each week, uh, talking about different artists, uh, and I'm lucky enough to know quite a few artists uh, in my life. So uh, with that being said, uh, here's Ryan. Ryan, you want to say hello to everybody? Hey, how's it going? It's going good, man. Uh, my name is Ryan Kaplan, uh, 34 years old. I live in LA with my wife and son. Uh, I grew up in Minnesota, though, however, and I visit pretty frequently since my family's all still there. But um, yeah, nowadays, for the last uh, over 10 years, I've been working in Los Angeles uh, as a visual effects artist, um, animator, 2D and 3D softwares. Um, cool, man. I got here by... Uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say... Um, yeah, it's 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 interesting to think about like you lived here, I grew up with you and now you're out there uh meeting interesting people and working with a lot of uh fun people and really cutting edge stuff. Uh and so just for the kids, um we're going to try to go through some different questions. Um and sometimes we might kind of roll back on questions we've already talked about or or move forward, but we're kind of going to go through it that way. So when you're talking um a little bit about yourself too, uh what do you feel, what drove you to go to California? Uh, well, mostly uh, when I when I got into the visual effects industry, it was relatively new and uh, basically just looking at the amount of jobs available. Once I finished school in Minneapolis, I think there were maybe only two or three studios at the most that were uh, producing visual effects content. Um, and so with me wanting to, having my mind set on doing visual effects, uh, I did what was going to be my best opportunity to get jobs. And I moved somewhere that had, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of studios, uh, currently working in visual effects. So I kind of set out, I sent out my work, uh, once I was finished with college to studios pretty much around the world. And I ended up getting responses back. And the first one that I received was from a studio in L.A. And so that's where I ended up going. That's cool, <laughs> man. Kind of, kind of a fluid thing. Yeah, for sure. And, and you're, I, I, I mean, you're kind of a spot, too, where you could just go to wherever. If you got a call from some part outside the United States or anywhere else, you, you had it in your mind. This is what I want to do. I don't really care about where it is, uh, where other people, they might exactly. they might think about where it is. They might think about where they want to go over what they want to do. Yeah, I I just I just knew what I wanted to do and I was wide open. Just, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so 
So when you were uh, young, uh, what did you find interesting about art? You know, and I, and I don't know how far back you want to go. Um, I mean, we were in some of the same art classes in high school, but uh, did you find inspiration or find stuff interesting in the arts even before that? Uh, no, I mean, <clears throat> I think the biggest thing for me was, well, school, school was for me, it was fun. I enjoyed, uh, most classes at school, but when it came to actually, um, you know, producing or creating something, I felt the most natural in art class where sure. I could be given a set of rules and terms and it felt the most natural for me to use those tools and really be able to do something that I wanted to do and that inspired me. And so, yeah, more so than like writing or, uh, you know, anything super technical, I kind of just like the openness of art where I could right. express myself in a in way more, I felt like way more ways than, than any other class. Right. And, and I think, you know, we had, we were lucky too. Otana had a great setup for that, a nice open space for us to work. Um, were you in the AP art as well? Did you do a AP yeah, art? Yeah. Okay. And for those of you who uh, don't know that is, that's kind of like an advanced placement where we had to make a portfolio. And then uh, I know I had to go up to the cities and get it judged by uh, some college. I don't know what it was for sure. Did, did you have to do a similar thing? You know, I didn't have to. I mean, um, no, I never had to show my portfolio to anyone, but it was just still a really good thing to do to just like have a really giant project like that that you right. spend all year on. Um, <clears throat> yeah, good thing to do. Yeah, and I think it's always, that's where we're trying to talk with my kids a lot this year, um, especially in sixth grade, is like having the opportunity to to do what you want, but also make sure that you're always looking to see what other artists are doing and inspirations and um, kind of like, I don't know, like the background knowledge of, of where stuff came from, right? Um, yeah. So... Uh, secondly, so, so did you have any teachers that really inspired you, um, or, or even any artists that inspired you, uh, as you were growing up and moving into this, the field that you did? Um, let me see. I mean, definitely not Mr. Sakura. <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah, he was, well, he was, was we, actually... we both had Mr. Sakura. He was a, he was a tough <laughs> dude. He was smart, but he was tough on us. He was tough. I, I was actually, I think I was the most inspired um, when I was in college. And that was mostly from just like doing a lot more research um, on what I was actually getting into. Because when I first entered uh, the major in college, I didn't really know a whole lot about it other than, you know, it was making fake art on computers and so right. it was kind of a new thing and once I got into it I, I really started getting inspired by the professionals that had really pioneered visual effects mm -hmm. and mostly that there were a lot of young guys that were leading the way Right, and that was kind of interesting to me that like the young guys were at um, you know, far ahead of all these like older artists, whereas right. a it, lot of other 
you know, a lot of other mediums, like, you'd think it's kind of the other way around. Like, you need seasoned veterans that have been through this stuff. But it was so new that it was all the younger guys that were in their learning phase had really jumped ahead. And so I saw, you know, 26-year-old visual effects supervisors on films. I was like, wow, that's amazing that such a young person can, can do that. And now I now I know why. It's, that it's really about what you know and how much you've had experience with. Right. And that's one thing, too, like we're talking about this year, uh, developing your craft as an artist and how you said it perfectly, you know, sometimes uh, the new, the most uh, sought after artist is someone who does come up with a new idea. You know, it's not a, a painter or sculptor. It's someone doing something new in a new way. And you brought up uh, your major and you brought up uh, your school. What what college did you go to? I went to uh, the Art Institute International in Minneapolis. Okay. And then what, which, was, uh, what was your major there? Which is no longer is no longer in service, actually. Okay. But uh, was the, was that connected I, to the to the Minneapolis Institute of Art? No, there are two oh, different okay. schools. Oh, okay. <laughs> that that one still exists, but um, yeah, I went to the Art Institute, which is a it's a chain across the country, and um, I think they're closed down now. But um, what I've learned, what I learned in like, what I learned in college and after college, is two very different things. I and the people that I've met since then um, have taught me even more. Like I've gotten to the point where half the people that I'm working alongside never actually went to college for what we do. Okay, and. So they're just good at it. It just goes to show that like they, they just had a passion and yeah. that's, that's all you really need for something like this is you right. need to have a passion enough to dive into software and yep. really master it. Yeah. And, and, and when you're, you know, when you're saying that you're saying someone, even though they didn't get college education, if they work really hard and they do their research and they practice, 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 if they're the best at it, oh, yeah. they're, they're going to get a job uh, just as fast as or probably faster than someone who went to school for it. But maybe they don't really work as hard at it. Exactly. I mean, some people, it comes naturally. Uh, if you can really find your 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 skill, your ability that you're strongest at, or if uh, more like me, I was just kind of like quiet don't have a specific thing that I want to do. Yep. I kind of want to have a, a general, like broad, yeah, like a Renaissance man, the whole, the whole process. Yeah. Know? We like to call it like a Swiss army knife. Yeah. 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 Then I felt that like that would be uh, very positive for me, like going out to find a job okay. and yeah, it's worked out. It's worked out well. And I, I totally think like it's possible to get to that point without going to college and paying for, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars for college. But right. you really do need to have a lot of dedication. Yeah, you have to have the drive. And, uh, yeah. And you definitely will need uh, some some place to talk to people or message boards to, like, go back and forth with uh, others who maybe are doing the same thing or mentors who can give you some tips. Yep. 
because yeah, there's a lot of little things that that uh, you can't learn from a tutorial from doing. Hey everybody, this episode of Arwasika Art Podcast is brought to you by the habit of developing your craft. Uh, anytime you get a chance to uh, work with your medium, practice with your medium, uh, and that's the way that any artist is going to be more successful with what they do. Start up now again. All right, here we are uh, back with Ryan and we're kind of going through talking to him about what he does. And what's interesting too, you said you went to the Art Institute. Um, the next artist I'm interviewing, actually, uh, he's had two artists. He went to the Art Institute as well. So you guys both got through there uh, while it's still around, I guess. Yeah, no, I and several of the people that I went uh, to college with uh, have been here in L.A. working for almost just as long. That's crazy. And so we were all, we were all successful. Cool. Um, okay, but, so... So when I think about um, kind of going through questions here, like what type of art do you do these days or what's your, your favorite medium uh, or favorite, even, even think about this way, like what's your favorite way to be creative, maybe even outside of what you do for a living? You know, cause I feel like as artists, we, we are kind of Renaissance man, men and women, and we do a lot of different things. Uh, what, what do you like to do or, or what do you, what, if you have time to just do art by yourself, what do you like to do? Uh, I think nowadays, um, I've, I've almost moved completely away from, uh, like pencil and paper type art. Mm-hmm. And I just like, when I start thinking of an idea, uh, I, I just feel the drive right away to just see it in like a 3d space. <clears throat> and so I almost always just go straight into, uh, my 3d application, which is Maya and really just like to flesh out my ideas in a in a 3d space where i can see all around it nice so and so you're working in a 3d a 3d space you can draw on it i mean our kids are using like i said tinkercad which is a pretty uh you know beginner level cad system for a 3d printing um and so when you're rendering stuff when you're making stuff i'm guessing you have like how many tools are in there are there thousands of different tools you can use or oh it's it's very very expansive and it's it's uh it's built in a way that um, you have all these tools, and it's built in a way that you can com- you can really combine them together and okay. build uh, build tools that are perfect for whatever you're working on. So, and say it's like a 3D character or something like that, you're without a doubt going to have to build custom tools that are based on like the length of the character's arms and legs and where the joints are at. And if if there's, you know, five fingers or three fingers, like everything's very customizable so that you can, you can design it to your, uh, based on your project. Right. And so that, that kind of leads perfectly into, um, our next question. So, you know, you're a graphic designer, you work for yourself, right? You, you are, you own your own business. You don't necessarily work for a specific studio or am I wrong in that? Uh, well, so typically, typically, yes, I, I do work with the studio. Okay. Um, a lot of the projects that I, uh, that I'm working on, uh, involve working with the team. Okay. Uh, so working with the team is a very important part of my job. Yep. Uh, whether it is like, 
face-to-face or uh, remotely. But, yeah, so, like, say I'm working on a a 30-second commercial that's uh, full 3D renders. Um, Typically, there's going to be up to 20 people working on that. Wow. uh, 30-second commercial. And something like that would usually take uh, somewhere around two to three months of work. Wow, for a 30-second commercial. Oh, yeah. Going from design, design will last uh, at least like two to three weeks. Uh, So design is a huge phase. And then after that, we kind of uh, start start working on some animation, start designing and building out environments. And then I think probably the last like three weeks is when you really go hard on the animation and and the, the lighting and rendering okay yeah because like and that would be that would be a pretty tight schedule but pretty realistic okay so yeah so like you know we really push uh in my class with my students uh envision you know envision what you want to see the final thing looking like and then all the steps you're going to need to be go through to get there and you're having to envision that with 20 other people uh over the period yeah. of months just to make a 30 second commercial yeah, very important. You gotta wow. have your goal in mind, um, and that's that's a big thing when you have a client too. You need to be very clear about what you're planning to achieve and what it's going to look like, and then everybody's on the same page. And right. I was going to say because there has to be a lot of times where you might think someone wanted it one way, uh, and another person or team interpreted that client a different way, and you guys are going to have to figure out together this is what the client's going to want. And I'm sure, I'm sure uh, your job, just like any job is full of failures. Sometimes you got to redo stuff and change things on the fly. Oh, all the time. You wouldn't imagine the amount of projects I've done, even finished projects that get thrown in the trash and start over. Yes. Wow. So you could be working on a project for months and then they give it to, oh, the, yeah. give it to, xbox and they say no nah, this wasn't what we're thinking and you just got to trash it <laughs> they say no we changed our mind oh my gosh yeah. that would be it happens in, but intense you get used to it. yeah right <laughs> that would be intense and frustrating Don't take it personally right exactly um so yeah, but no i mean other otherwise like uh, also in a typical day if i'm not working on like a big project like that yep uh there are several things that i can do that I can't do just uh, on my own. And that would be things like, um, I've worked on a lot of TV shows and say like, if there's ever any kind of explosion, fire or smoke in a TV show, a lot of times that stuff is fake because it's really hard to shoot uh, those kinds of things the perfect way that you want them. And so they have all those explosions and smoke just done afterward. So anytime you see like an explosion on TV, it's probably fake and done after the fact. And it's something that you, that you render up and make. Yeah. That's something that I could do. You know, I could make design up an explosion and, you know, a day. Whereas the explosion for real is going to be a lot more time consuming. Right. So in, in your line of work, uh, being a graphic artist, there might be days where you get to just stay home and you work in your home office and you're designing, you're working. 
but there also might be days where you're sitting with in a, a big board meeting with a bunch of people and you're you're discussing stuff face to face as well. Yeah, exactly. Or or uh, some days I'll have to go to a set and where they are shooting footage and we're planning on having a whole bunch of visual effects, but I need to be there to make sure that they do it correctly so that everything's filmed correctly so that we don't run into any technical issues uh, in post-production. Wow. So it's so interesting because it's just uh, such a world that, that I know nothing about. And I feel like a lot of people don't, we watch movies and they or commercials and they look amazing, but we never, you know, know how it gets there. Um, so talking about like going, oh, yeah, and go ahead. A lot of times it's totally invisible. So you just don't even, don't even know how much work may have been put into something because it was made to look like there wasn't any work done to it, you know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. You might be watching something and think it's a real space, but. Sure enough, uh, some artists created it themselves. Um, exactly. So, like along the along on those lines, do you have any interesting stories from your line of work, or like uh, you know maybe unique situations you've been in, or, or or cool people you've met? I mean, I'm sure you've met tons of cool people, but like a story that any of our students might kind of find interesting. Uh, there's one. There's one uh, pretty fun project that I worked on. Uh, a couple of years ago, where the client was a local casino, a big casino here in California called San Manuel, mm-hmm. and they wanted to do a, a commercial that was totally, totally fantasy-based and really exciting, fast-paced uh, action, and it was all CG, all fake uh, 3D work, and so it was going to be really fun for us artists. And the featured, um, the featured character in the one spot was going to be riding a motorcycle, which instead of an engine, it was had big slot machine reels oh, in cool. the design frame. And so they they tasked me with uh, building this motorcycle in 3D. And so I had to build every every object and every element of this motorcycle up from scratch and just kind of design it out with whatever felt right and and it had to actually look like it worked right and so i had slot reels that would spin around in the engine and it turned out really great it was and it was all like full of mud it was it was a really fun project yeah um but then um later on after we delivered the commercial the casino decided that they liked them motorcycle and how it turned out so much that they actually decided to build it for real wow and so they built the they built my motorcycle and uh for for real and they have it on display in the casino now wow that's cool yeah so any i mean that's gotta be a really fun part of your job is is seeing your stuff in a commercial or seeing like that having them like it so much that they made the real one and i always think about that too um, as far as when you're working, how often does a client just say, well, here's our general idea, but we're hiring you. We know what you do. Go for it and just kind of let you make whatever you want. Yeah, it's it's pretty rare, actually. Usually the client like wants to be really concrete about their idea and not give you too much freedom. But yeah, it's really fun when when a client comes along and just trusts you or trusts the studio and likes, likes the work that you have in your portfolio and just says, yeah, go for it. 
it happens. Cool. Right on. So in the art world, you know, there's the art world's massive. Is there an area uh, of art that you don't really care for or that doesn't really excite you very much when it comes to different mediums and art or even maybe different mediums in, gra- in the graphic design world? I, I think that I, I appreciate all art, really. I, I understand, like, the amount of energy and and uh, time that people put into their ideas. And I, you know, applaud everyone for uh, expressing that. But, I mean, if there's any art that uh, doesn't really register, resonate too much with me it's probably uh the abstract art or anything too flat and abstract okay um mostly just because i feel like i i like i like art that i feel like i can touch sure or like feels like it it has real qualities to it like lighting and shading and yeah and that kind of thing that's what really um excites me more nice so if you weren't an artist if you in a magic world, you woke up tomorrow. What else would you be doing? What do you think you might be doing for a for a job or career? I I'd be a fourth to sixth grade art teacher, probably. Oh yeah, that's, that's a perfect <laughs> spot for you. I like that. No, I mean, I I think I actually uh, I like a lot of technical aspects of my job. There's a lot of there is a quite a good amount of coding. Oh, okay. uh, involved that um, makes my uh, projects move more efficiently. And so a lot of times I will spend time coding to uh, improve the speed of tools that I use. And I think if I wasn't doing art, I could see myself doing some kind of programming or maybe like an engineer or something like that. Sure. Nice. Um, and kind of wrapping up here. Uh, what advice would you give for any young artists, beginning artists, you know, any, any kind of kids that, that might be even a little bit thinking about, uh, going into the art field or something with art, uh, as they get older? I'd say just, uh, find a, find a good mentor, find a good piece of work, find something that inspires you. For me, it was just seeing an end goal, like an end job, and then setting my mind to it and then figuring out all the steps that I'm going to need to take to get there. And yeah, I mean, it's really just about being inspired and having an open mind and yeah. So you kind of be afraid of changing your path. If something comes up that, uh, sounds new, sounds exciting, like go for it. Don't be, don't be afraid. Right. And like, like you said, you, you knew, Hey, I want to work in graphic design. So then you went to the steps to get there. You, you're like, well, I need to do this. I need to finish high school. I need to be able to go to, at that time you needed to be able to go to college so you could get your hands on some of the technology probably, you know, cause we didn't, we didn't have the technology you have now when we were in school and not a lot of schools do. So you're even working with technology that you maybe first get introduced to at a college level or at a, you know, you might know someone who, who has this stuff, but otherwise you're going to have to find an outlet where you can get your hands on working with these different programs. Because yeah, like, much easier to do these days. Yeah. Well, cause like I told you when I was looking for 
stuff for, for everybody. Um, for Tinkercad, I was like, hey, I should try the ZBrush. And that was the most overwhelming thing I've ever looked at. Like that was all. Yeah, that's, that's one you need to work your way up to. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, what kind of jobs, I mean, can you get out in a place like California or, or any big city that's working with that kind of stuff? Oh, I mean, yeah, I know several artists that uh, use ZBrush and that's what they do full time. And they can, they can design out like a full very intricate, very detailed character in like, you know, a day or two and get paid a couple thousand dollars for it. Yeah. So, it, so you're, you're talking characters like it could be like a video game character or it could be a, a yeah, character like a for commercial or a, a t- exactly. or a, a TV show of some kind. So these, so, so, if, so if I'm getting really good at it, I might go out there and, and get hired by uh, a company like Mortal Kombat to create a character and I might get paid two, three thousand dollars for making this character that might might not take me that long. Exactly. Cool. I like it. Well, thanks a lot, man, for for chatting with us. And uh, I'm gonna get this out to the kiddos, and and we're gonna check it out. All right, students. That's it for episode one. Hope you enjoyed. Uh, and like I said, have fun with it. Listen to it. You don't even have to listen to it all at once. Um, and then just discuss with you know anyone at home something you found interesting or even a question you have. If you do have a question, make sure that you uh, go into your class's Padlet uh, through my Google Classroom, and I'll answer it on there. Thanks for listening, uh, and I'll catch you next week.